Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. watched it uh, with the news media, big time anchors that have been on TV for many years and very reputable people have been, have been this stuff has been coming out. Uh, colleges, our own Michigan State University. I mean, we need to pray for that campus and that, and that college. It's been just one thing after another. It's affected uh, churches. It, affected, it affects families. And I'll tell you here in a moment, sport teams, uh, it just on and on and on. Hollywood, Etc. 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 About what this thing called lust, and primarily sexual lust. And Dad mentioned it a minute ago, where the Lord put it on His heart to prophesy that. That's in First John. It's exactly what the Word says that the spirit that's in this world is just the lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Isn't that amazing? How that's exactly what I'm talking about here today. Let me get right into this. I I got a lot of information. I I encourage you to take notes. Listen, this is going to be one of those messages that I believe you're going to need to get the CD or or subscribe to our podcast so you can go to it about every six months or so and listen to this kind of a message and teaching that I'm going to bring to you today. Uh, Not just for men or women, by the way, I'm going to get into this and show you that this affects everyone, but we need to do this. I've been serving the Lord for 20 years. I got saved at 25 years old. Um, and this is something, one of the things in my life that I have got to maintain and keep control over. When we read our men's thing at Brightmore, we had, uh, I love that pastor from Philadelphia. Uh, I'll be doing a life group on his teaching, uh, called Unleashed, but, uh, Pastor Mason was talking to our men about this very thing, and he called it like an animal. You got to keep it on a leash, and he just had some fun with it while we were just standing there because we were relating to everything this man was saying, because sometimes this is absent in our churches today. We seem like, you know, you know, the book of Song of Solomon, I just took this Bible class to, to get my ordination, which I'll be getting ordained here real soon. Amen. Everybody will be invited. Amen. Uh, but this last Bible course is about Song of Solomon. Did you know Song of Solomon almost didn't make it into the canon of the Bible because they thought it was too sexual and it was sexuality was taboo. So they left it out of the Bible and, and, and they almost did. But thank God when they were putting it together, they put it in there because how many know that God invented sex? Now, don't get nervous, parents. I'm going to keep it PG-13, uh, maybe, uh, but I'm going to keep it PG. Uh, but you'll be surprised. Your kids probably more, know more about this than you do as you see these stats. Uh, but we need to talk about this a little bit. I want to come alongside of you as your pastor today and say, hey, man, let me help you walk in vic- victory. Let me help you overcome this thing. That's, you, your family don't have to break up. And, you, you don't, and even if you've been devastated by this, there is a way to rebound. And, and you can turn this thing around in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That, that's where I'm coming with here today. Let me give you this. According to the National Coalition for the Protection of Children um, and Families, this blew my mind. 47% of U.S. families reported that pornography was a problem in their home. I did not know that. This, this, was just, this was just amazing to me. Well, science is finally catching up with what God has told us in Scripture. It's good to see this and hear this. And many in our society are second-guessing second, guess, second guessing this whole pornography thing, even speaking out and raising awareness, such as our sports team, the Kansas City Royals. 
ESPN's shock jock Jim Rome reported that the Kansas City Royals made some history over the weekend. This was just about a month ago. They became the first major league baseball team to, you guessed it, and I'm reading his commentary, host an anti-porn workshop. While 29 other teams were working on hitting and base running, the Royals were working on resisting the urge to crack open the lappers and watch porn. Over 200 Royal players, coaches, trainers, and staff listened to FTND, which I'll explain who they are, co-founder and president Clay Olson spell out the effects of pornography consumption on their lives as both players and men. He specifically focused on how porn can impact a consumer's overall well-being, which in turn can affect productivity and work performance and personal image. They're saying, hey, we're having a problem off the field with our players. And it's not just domestic violence. It's this pornography thing. And as you can see the picture of there, some of them were enthused to be there that day. And I tell you what, they got attacked for this. But there were many athletes that came out on the, on the record and thanked them openly and said, uh, this, is, this is the Kansas City Royals. This is not a Christian men's club. This is the Kansas City Royals baseball team. And they came right out. Uh, FTND is the fight the new drug. You can see their tweet up there. They're, they're new. Follow them on Twitter. Uh, they are awesome. This is a non-religion. They are a non-religious, non-political, non-profit organization that's simply raising awareness to the effects of pornography because they, they just have had their families hit hard with it. And they said enough is enough. We've got to make a stand. So these guys are making a stand. I love what they tweeted. I don't know if you can read it up there, but it says last weekend, our co-founder, uh, Clayson, uh, presented to the Royal players and coaches. The Royals are the first MLB team to actively take a stand against porn. And we're inspired that they're stepping up to the plate. Hashtag porn kills love. Hashtag fight for love. Isn't it awesome? Uh, people are saying, man, enough is enough. And we got to stand up and we got we to gotta say, hey, this is affecting every dynamic and every aspect of our families. And so they're, they're taking a stand. Getting back to James, James gives us three truths about lust that I believe every man and every person needs to know. Now I'm going to exegete that text. In other words, I'm going to unpack that little scripture that we just read there in James chapter one and give you these three truths that are found right there about lust that you need to know them. You need to write them down. Number one is the target of lust. I want to talk to you about the target of lust. Lust has a, has a target. And he starts off, and I like how the NIV says it. He says, every person is tempted. In other words, this isn't just a man's thing. This is, lust is just not, it's not only a man thing. It says, every person is tempted. Every person is tempted. There, there's a book out called uh, Every Man's Battle. And I recommend that you get that book if that's an issue that you've been dealing with or know someone in your family. Maybe you've got a teenager or a loved one that's really having an issue with this pornography thing. Get that book. They've got every man's battle, but now they've got every woman's battle, every young girl's battle, and every student's battle. Come on. It's everybody's battle. And this man was affected by this and got into college. He's got an awesome story. But it's not just every man's battle. Women are also being targeted. One in six women admit that they struggle in pornography. 
These are issues that are, we have novels that are written and aimed and targeted just for women. We've got movies out that are just targeted specifically just for women. But what is the most devastating thing about this whole issue with pornography and sexuality and lust? By the way, we are living in a sexual revolution era right now. I hope, I don't know if you see that. We had the 60s, we had the 70s, we had the 80s, we had the 90s, and every decade seems to have its own fashions, its, it, and it, its own issues, and we are now living in the day where this sexual revolution, this sexual confusion, the transgender movement, all of this stuff with the bathrooms, this stuff has not been around 20 years ago. It's something that is happening just today. And this is what got me, that the primary target for the ind- pornography industry is targeted toward pre-puberty kids eight to 13 years old. The highest users of pornography are 12 to 17 years old. These are at most risk for addiction, says Dr. Marisa Weber. She's a DO in osteopathic family physician, certified by the American Board of Psychiatry and Neurology. She's helping raise awareness of this growing problem and how to treat it. She says that addictions typically happen with adults, but we've never had a group addicted which is so young and growing in numbers. Why? Because the pornography industry is saying, hey, if we can get them while they're young, we can get their money for the rest of their life. This is a perfect example, people, of what the Bible says, the love of money is the root of all evil. They don't care how many families they ruin. They don't care how many marriages they ruin, they sabotage. They don't care how many young people end up having issues for the rest. They don't care about that. It's all about the money. They're being pushed and targeted. They get a 30, 40-year-old man. They're only going to get your money for a couple decades, but they get you in your teens. They'll have you for life. I want you to see that. Pornography's never been so easy to get today. Back in my day... It was my, I can remember the first time I looked and it was a magazine. And we just couldn't wait to read those articles. Some are like, there's articles in there? Okay, anyway, I'll, I'll never forget. My, fir- my friend had it. He stole a magazine from his daddy's stash. And there we were behind Ecorse Baptist Temple in a field next to a church in the back of the field in a little fort. You got to watch some little forts, mom and dad. You need to put a little camera in the forts. I'm just being real with you. We had a fort in our backyard. Our girls would play with our friends, and guess who was out there cutting the grass every time their friends were over? Because <laughs> I know what happens when we're in those little clubhouses. Come on, somebody. And, uh, and I remember looking. I'll never forget that, that, that first time being exposed. But, and it took a lot of work. So he's sneaking it into his shirt or his pants, and he's running, and we got to lie and all of this. Well, today you can just go over there and click a button, and it's on, it's on your phone. It's so easily on your phone. Snapchat. How many has heard of Snapchat? If you're over 30, let me tell you something about Snapchat. It's an app that is on your phone, and many of our kids and many people are using it. It's a very popular Snapchat. Tried an X-rated story feature called Cosmo After Dark, but it didn't go well, thankfully. Just a month ago, After flying just one X-rated Friday night test balloon, Cosmopolitan has discontinued its controversial series of sex-themed stories called Cosmo After Dark on the Snapchat discovery platform. Moms, dads, pastors, uh, conservatives, and a wide uh, 
group of people, of children's advocates, voiced their grievances quickly and loudly across social media and the rest of the internet after its very first episode. And thank God they pulled it down, canceled the whole thing, and let it go in Jesus' name. Amen? But it's all about the money, man. It's all about the money. They had this little link that you can go right over. Do you know that the porn and pornography industry makes more than all four of our major league sports combined? That's baseball, hockey, basketball, football combined. 28,000 people are logging on per second. It's amazing. It's amazing what this thing has done. Let me, let me just step in here and tell you that, it, you know, God is not anti-sex, by the way. And there's where people kind of get confused. God invented it, but God created it, what? To be, to be uh, within a covenant of marriage between a husband and a wife. That's, whole God's, that's whole, God's whole thing on there. That's why he created it. Why did he make it so pleasurable and things like that? Well, because he's awesome, amen. And um, he did, this is what he wanted. He wanted the husband and wife. You guys are gonna have to help me today, okay, with this. So, so laugh even if it ain't funny. Come on, somebody, help me today. He made it pleasurable, listen, because he wanted the husband and wife to enjoy it and to celebrate their covenant over and over and over and over and over again. What is pornography? It's the celebration without a covenant. That's what it is. God planned it to be this thing and pleasurable and all, so that the husband and wife would come together and become, as, they, as the Bible says, one flesh. They become one and, and even one in spirit. And I don't need to get into the biology of, of when a couple is intimate for the very first time, but you, you see the covenant working there and you see that it's all intended because God is a covenant God. He's not a contract God. He's not a conditional God. He's a covenant God. And that's what he's all about. And when someone breaks a covenant, by the way, the only way God gave grounds for divorce was when there's sexual, uh, someone breaks the covenant sexuality. When there's infidelity, then God said, the husband or the wife is free to remarry if they so choose. This is big stuff with God. Everything else, you need to work it out. Now, Paul added that if a couple, if one wants to serve God and the other one does not want to serve God and he wants to leave, then the Bible says, let him go. You go on and serve God because God has called you to peace. But that's how everything else, we need to work it out. But when there's sexual inf infidelity there, you're free to go if you choose. The scripture has released the two because you broke the covenant. Back to James I love the New Living Translation, and it says this in verse 15. But every person is tempted. Go to the next one, please, uh, for 15. Yeah, these desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, I love that about the New Living Translation. When sin or lust is allowed to grow. Number two, I want to talk about the appetite of lust. Lust wants to grow in your life. Lust can grow. You can, what did God tell Cain? Its desire is for you. Lust has a desire. Lust has a, has a desire that God was telling Cain. And its desire is to dominate your life. It's to control your thought life. It's to control your, instill your peace. And it wants to grow and spread like a cancer in your mind. And when you and I allow lust to grow, it will grow in our lives. Its desire is for you. One of the things that lust does is it creates an appetite, listen to me, for secrecy. Lust creates an appetite for secrecy. 
There is something that's exciting, especially to men, it's challenging when we sneak around and, and the flirting, why people flirt with one another, why that whole thing is, is there is because there's something exciting about it. It arouses the flesh to have this secrecy, this secret little uh, app that we download, these secret messages on Snapchat or whatever. There's something about the whole, this sneaking around that starts to create an appetite, listen to me, that you and I were never intended to have. And so many times I've seen it happen when someone gets caught up into this thing and then they end up sneaking around with another person and then they get with that other person and they leave their husband or their wife. And isn't it amazing that just a year or two years later, now they're not happy no more and they end up stepping out and sneaking around again. Why? Because the, the appetite for sneaking is not there no more. They're now open. And so that's why they get married two and three and four and five times because they have allowed lust to grow an appetite that we were never intended to have. I know people that have done this. I know, I know, I know personally a young woman that I've known her her whole entire life that has been, that has fell victim to this. She was involved in a relationship with a, with a boy who's older than her. So she had to rely on secrecy to keep her parents from finding out. And it ended up causing her problems throughout the rest of her life. She's now a grown adult and got married thinking that would fix it, but it's all a time sneaking around and this thing ended up ended even their marriage. They struggle with it even to this day. I, I can tell you on and on and on about this thing called lust, how this secrecy, there is something about secrecy that the lust will create because the enemy works in darkness. Did you hear me? The enemy works in darkness. That's why it's so important that we don't give in to this appetite and we stay in the light. We stay in the open. We stay, I mean, I mean, when you start to lie and when you start to lust and everything else, you start to lie, don't you? It opens up the door for lying because no one ever told your mom and dad, you know, if you intended on going out doing something you're not supposed to be doing, well, you didn't, when mom and dad said, hey, where are you guys going? You didn't say, well, we're going to go <laughs> mess around in the back of the car. No, no, no. It's, we're going to go bowling, right? Because we learned to lie. Because when we give in to the appetite of lust, we open the door to the whole family of evil spirits, a whole family of sin. Now you're lying. Now you're deceiving. Now you're manipulating. Now you've got guilt, shame, condemnation. You hear me? You opened a whole family to the enemy. Why? Because it has a desire not to come in and go make you good. I'm just going to make you feel good, bro. I'm, I want to destroy your life. I want to destroy your marriage. I want to destroy your kids. I want to destroy your genealogy for the rest of your life. Just let me in. That's what lust is doing. And we, we consume it. 28,000 people a second is logging onto this thing. Thinking that it's all, oh, it's just relieving them. It's not, it's not, it's an appetite. Well, because it grows worse. This appetite grows worse. Studies have shown that, again, this is that, that um, family physician, doctor, let me give you her name. I was gonna put it on the screen because she's got an awesome article out, Five Warning Signs of Pornography. You need to look her up. Dr. Mary Cy Weber. Just look, Dr. Weber, W-E-B-E-R. Studies have shown that those who view internet pornography for hours each week have decreased gray matter in their brain, a major component of the central nervous system. 
versus those who do not view it. This means that there are fewer neurons in the pleasure centers of the brain, which leaves the brain craving more while making it harder for the same images to provide pleasure. Addicts then have to seek increasingly deviant sexual images, often depicting violence or children to satisfy their craving. It is a, that's what I mean, the science is finally catching up. The one, I don't know if you saw that on Instagram there when I was showing the picture of Kansas City Royals, the fight the new drug picture up there. They got shirts that says, and porn kills love, but also that pornography rewires the brain. That is a fact, that is science. And while the 12, 13, 14, 15 year old, their brain is being developed, while that is happening, pornography rewires their whole ability to, ex, to, uh, ex, uh, to experience pleasure. It rewires the whole brain and it leads them into other deeper and darker areas so they can get satisfied. We see this in, in our, and I hate to pick on Michigan State University. Again, we need to pray for our universities. Pray for these people. But it was just that we all know about Nasser and, and the, all of that sexual harassment case. And, and I love what the judge did. The judge made that man sit in that seat and listen to every one of them young girls read those letters right to his face. You need to have a wake-up call sometimes to get delivered from this thing. But they just found one of their professors. It was on the news. One of their professors was caught with adult, then child, even bestiality pornography on their work computer. This is exactly what I just read to you. It starts to lure you. I know people that went over and started viewing same-sex pornography because they were curious. And now they're living in a homosexual lifestyle and they're confused sexually and they don't know what happened. This is what happened. You let lust into your life. You were never meant to do that. And the devil has messed you up. Can you all handle this today? Why? Because I'm warning you, I'm trying to help you today as your pastor. Lust will take you further than you want to go. Take you further than you want to go. And it'll always cost you more than you're willing to pay. And it'll keep you there longer than you're willing to stay. So how does it grow, Pastor Reddy? Jesus told us this. Listen very carefully. Lust grows through the eye, not through the heart. I've taught it myself. It's in your heart. It comes to the eye. I want you to see this. Jesus says, you have heard it said of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, whoever what? Looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery in her heart. I want you to see the progression. Remember, lust grows. Lust grows. First you look, then you lust, then you commit adultery. Let's be careful. If you don't want to commit adultery, don't lust. If you don't want to lust, don't look. You know, we used to teach, if you look once, fellas, you're a man. If you look twice, you're in sin. Well, you just teach our kids to take one big, long look. (laughs) This totally shoots down the thought that just look at the menu and it don't hurt. Fellas, listen. Can I talk to you guys? Let me come down here. I'm not a pastor preacher. I'm a man. I'm a heterosexual male. To the bone. <laughs> I mean, from a childhood. I, have, I can't even understand some of these other sexual issues that people have. Okay? And let me tell you, 25 years old when I got saved. Young. And 
I have had, I, I got saved, I had a route that I made deliveries outside of the town on west side of the state. And I would stop in and I would buy these gifts for my little girls. Every time I come back, I'd always buy these little gifts from a little dollar store and it had some other things there. And I'll never forget, I was brand new saved and the, the young lady behind the counter, she was a pretty young lady. And she began to hit on me, she had a daughter of her own and she knew I'm buying gifts for my family. She knew I was married. And this woman began to just make passes. Now, I'm not the smartest guy in about my wife. I'm telling you, sometimes, you know, especially Christians, you know, you're, you're happy to share the gospel. So, you know, and I'm a kind of a huggy guy. I get that from my mom. I tell you, my mom will hug a stranger at a gas station. I mean, and it gets on me sometimes. I'm touching them, and I got to watch that, Okay. You know, when I was a youth pastor, I used to tell our youth leaders, listen, when you hug girls, you hug them from the side. Amen. Pastor Crisco from the Brownsville Revival said, never let the mountains touch the plain. That's what he said. That's what he said. Not me. Pastor Kilpatrick. If that's too much, that's what he said. So I said, you know, hug, hug from the side. Now, you know, some mamas hug me from the front. I mean, I, I get all of that. But here, this lady was hitting on me, and I'll never forget it. I, I came. The last time we had this conversation, she got, she was a little pushy. She was talking, and I, I just was like, that sounded a little different, you know? And, and so I left. The next week I came back, no lie. Fellas, I'm just telling you. You heard my little story walking through the uh, mall, finding a little bit of marijuana. You remember that story? Here's a second test. I'm walking down the street and I looked into the window. There she was. She had her hair done. She had that dress hang low. She was dressed to the nines. And she ain't never, she used to, you know, she was just dressed. And I looked through that window and I saw, and it's like God opened up my eyes and I said, whoa. I turned right around, walked back to my truck. I'm out of town, fellas. I'm being real. Got into my truck. I'm some, my daughters ain't getting a gift this week. They're going to get a daddy. not me because there was a part of me that was like, I'm only barely saved. I'm 25 years old. I'm on the other side of the state. I got a card in my wallet that is an express account. I can get a hotel. I can buy meals. I can buy anything on it and no one will ever find out. But I'm telling you, what did I do? I shut the door to lust. And I even got to the point where I began to pray for her because she's doing what the world does. And I pray, God, send an awesome man of God into her life. I'm not going to condemn her. I'm going to pray for her. But it comes in through the eyes. Next verse, let's go. I want to show you this eye. Look what uh, Psalms. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. Before my what? My eyes. And then he says, I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. Isn't it interesting that he mentions falling away in the same context of what we watch? what we see. David said, I've noticed that there's a pattern on people that you used to see in church. Now they fall out of church. He says, I see it. It's a pattern. And it's all because they must have something to do. They have allowed the enemy to come in through their eyes. But I love David. It will not cling to me. I'm shutting the door. Job said, I've made a covenant with my eyes. Why then shall I look upon a young woman? How do you stop it? The next verse that Jesus said, can you handle this at 9.30? Do y'all have your breakfast today? You ready? Want me to crack a joke real quick before I give you this? Because this is heavy. Jesus says, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. 
cast it far from you. This is Jesus teaching. Can you imagine him sitting down? We always taught, when we were in Israel, we went to the Sermon on the Mount, and everybody was there. Yeah, the Catholics, the Lutherans, the Presbyterians, and the loud ones. That was us. And it's at the holiest, the most famous teaching Jesus ever taught. And this is where we taught, blessed are the poor in spirit. And we think that's how he was. He wasn't that way, by the way. But I want you to get you this in your mind. He's sitting down, and he's got thousands of people standing and listening to him. And then he comes out with this. You have heard it said in the Old Testament that if you commit the act of adultery, you're guilty of adultery. But I say to you, if you look with lust, you've already done it in your heart. So I say to you, if your eye causes you to sin, cut it out. Cast it far from you. It's better for you to go through this life crippled than it is for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Let's go eat lunch today. It's a nice day. That's Jesus. That's what I mean by Jesus won no whim. Because you can't even say this on ESPN or CNN. I dare you to get up there and say, when the Kansas City Royals did this, you should have saw the protesters. The porn stars came out against them. The late night guys had, I mean, Conan O'Brien just ran it. And he ain't funny anyway. He ran it and ran it and ran it out. Kimball's kind of cool. He's funny. But these guys just made fun of these guys. But I love the players and the athletes that stood up and said, thank you, because I've been through this and I've been devastated by pornography. And I thank you for, for having the backbone and caring enough for us to do this. So, by the way, what did Jesus mean? He didn't mean by cutting yourself. He simply means there's no measure too extreme that you and I cannot go to that's too extreme. If the computer causes you to sin, cut it off. Put filters on there, guys. Put filters. Get rid of your Snapchat if it's a problem. Get rid of your ability. Listen, we have an open phone policy in my marriage. You do it. You do you. I have an open phone policy. And to be honest with you, I have not even looked at my wife's phone in years. I don't care. I, I, not, I don't have a trust issue with her. But it, it, this is how the enemy tries to get in. You should, be, you should ask yourself, why wouldn't I do that? If you want to really tell your heart, why wouldn't I want to see your heart? Every time we turn away, we shut the door. And finally, the New Living Translation, I love James, he says in 115, these desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Let me end this by telling you about the consequences of lust. He tells us that we're all targeted. We're all targeted. We've all been invited to this thing. Can you remember the first time? I can remember the very first time. And it's an ongoing thing. I remember driving a truck. And I'm driving and I'm, it's about 4.30 in the morning. This was probably seven, eight years ago. And... Oh, no, let me rewind. I can, you know how the enemy comes, boy. I was stuck in this, in Toledo for two years. You hear me talk about that. The worst two years of my life when I worked for this company uh, that ended up being a blessing. It was, I was out at the rock bottom. I wasn't making no money, driving to Toledo, getting in my truck. I mean, I was just at a bad place uh, financially. is awful. Right in the middle of all of that, um, this guy has a crate in the back of his truck underneath the thing. And I remember getting into it. I had to get in to get some labels out, pulled out. And I'll never forget, there's a whole stack of magazines. And they were not the nice magazines, the sport magazines. But I remember seeing that and going, are you serious? You know, first of all, what is he doing? And, the second, and, uh, and I threw it up on, and I remember I just slid it right under there again. 
And later at the end of the day, I went to the dumpster, to this dumpster to throw, throw out some trash, uh, clean out. It was the end of the week. It was a Saturday, so I had to clean the truck out. And I kid you not, Steve, I pulled up to this dumpster. I, th- I think I told you about this. And, you know, I'm just already spiritually having all these battles and just where is God? I mean, why is this happening? And, you know, I'm running, I'm empty. Uh, I, I'm just, all these things are happening. And then I get tempted with that. And then I, here it is, I'm, I'm, I'm at a dumpster and I go to throw the garbage can and empty it. I look and on the back of the dumpster is a, mag- a, a magazine open to a centerfold right in the back of the dumpster. I kid you not. You can't make that up. I mean, I'm like, are you, What? And I said, are you, the devil's trying hard. Yeah. Yeah. But I threw that one. I'm, I'm trying to tell you that the enemy just comes. He comes. He comes. He comes. He won't let you up. He came to Jesus three times. But you've got to stand firmer and say, it is written. Not today, devil. I'm not giving you an inch. I'm not letting you in. I'm not shutting the door to the enemy. He gives birth to sin of consequences. It's, gener- it's, uh, it's fatal. He says it gives birth to death. Death to what? Death to our purity. Maybe sitting here today, you may, see, may not be a believer or follower of God or nothing like that, and you're, you're listening to this message and you're going, man, what is this? Uh, you know, I'm not sure about this. Well, by now, I think I've proven to you scientifically, biology, biology, you know, chemistry in your mind and everything, it's not healthy. But it also, I want you to know, it destroys your purity. It, it can destroy your marriage. It can destroy your family. It destroys trust and it destroys your intimacy. The death of purity, because when you allow lust to end your life, you have to open up lying and manipulation and deceit and all these other things. Intimacy, one of the most devastating results of addiction to pornography is that it destroys the ability to find sexual fulfillment and satisfaction in a committed monogamous relationship. Did you catch all that? It's death to the trust. The main difference between lust and love is uh, love can be content. Love learns how to be content. But lust is never satisfied. Pastor Steve, won't you come? The consequences, James says, if you allow it to grow, listen to me, church. If you allow, lust is going to come. It's going to come to you in the back of a dumpster in the middle of the night to a girl here, to a guy there. And there's all kinds of different lusts. But here's another thing. The consequence of lust is it's also generational. I really believe that. I believe that there is a, a spiritual connection that can be handed down within a family. The man that wrote Every Man's Battle tells how his father was addicted to pornography and his grandfather was addicted to pornography. Isn't this something that you can see somebody uh, in church even, and when they begin to allow the enemy into their life, they quit pursuing God, they quit pursuing God, they quit studying and reading, and they quit doing the church. They may be attending, but in their heart, they've left the Lord. Isn't it amazing that they fall into the same pattern as their father? father or mother and if it was pornography isn't it funny that they don't end up becoming a gambler they don't go selling meth they don't end up going here they end up falling why because this thing is like generational god it's in the scripture that god will visit the sins to the third to the second and third generation let me tell you something you can break that you and i can break that today by shutting the door to the enemy shutting the door to the enemy we must do two things, and I'm closing with this. You have to do the prayerful thing, and I'm going to pray over all of us today. And then you have to do the practical thing. I'm going to pray. God's going to set us free, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, He's going to release us in the name of Jesus because no addiction is stronger than the name of Jesus. 
I said no addiction is stronger than the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus can break every vice, break every addiction in our life. Just like that. By faith, you receive it. But you need to do some practical things. The old, the old Revolutionary War colonel, Christian colonel said, pray, but keep your powder dry. In other words, pray, do the spiritual things, but you also need to do some practical things, guys. Maybe we need, and women, maybe we need to make some changes. Maybe we need to not go into that store, go into that thing. You know, on the back of my credential card, I have a card here from the Assemblies of God. and This allows me into hospitals, prisons, mental, every place, place that I need to go. This is my credentials on a card. It is say ordained next year. Amen. I'll be so happy. On the back of our card, the Assemblies of God is the largest Pentecostal fellowship in the world. 64 million adherents. Huge. Big. And they do this to every one of their ministers. On the back of the card is a 1-800 tip line for help. You're not going to be judged. You're not going to be condemned for confidential counseling. It's practical. Why? Because it's happened way too many more times. Way too many times than it should. But let me tell you something. We all have a, a number and a tip line that we can get a hold of. Come on, can you stand with me right now in this place? Because we need to call on God right now. We need to get the presence of the Lord. This is how you do it. You, the Bible says, call unto me and I will answer you. And I'm going to help you shut the door in your life. Men, women, maybe you've been exposed to this thing when you were like I was, a very young kid, and, and it's been in your life constantly. I mean, this is something everyone talks about. This is locker room talk. I mean, this is, this is something that we grow up in our culture that it's okay. Well, I'm here to tell you, based on God's word, it's not okay, man. It's going to destroy your life. It's going to destroy your, your relationship. We need to shut the door to it. I, I want to say this, and I, I'm not being holier than anyone, but I think our kids and our young people need to hear this. I have not viewed pornography in over 20 years. I've sinned. Staying here gets me in more trouble than anything. I'm not perfect, but I think you need to hear that not everybody's doing it. And I think you need to hear that it can be done. And I have viewed it in the past before I was saved, and I thank God I'm free. John Brevere, look him up. He's got YouTube videos out. When he was in ministry, he was addicted to pornography, and he talked about how God set him free. And I, I thank God for his transparency. We get behind the pulpit, and we act like we're these holy people, and, and we get in church, and bless God, brother, you feel the anointing, you liar, you probably, what'd you look at last night? What are you struggling with right now? What is the devil condemning you with right now? Well, we need to bring this out and say, God, I'm not perfect, I'm messed up. But God, you can heal me. You can heal me. So right now, can we just lift our hands to him right now? I know this ain't a big preaching, holler, hooping, hollering message today. This is a word of warning and instruction. So Father, today, we want to shut the door to this thing called lust, this sexual lust that is in all of us, that is in our heart. We're tempted and we're targeted and we're drawn away by these desires. But Father, you told us in Galatians to crucify these desires. Crucify them when they show up. 
crucify them by simply turning away, turning away, putting blockers on our computer, putting blockers on our phone and, and monitoring what our kids are doing. Lord, we shut the door right now in this place. Here, lift our hands to them right now. Father, with everybody with their hands up right now, we just surrender our hearts to you right now. Cleanse us. Go ahead, ask God to cleanse you right now. Ask him to wash over you right now. Father, cleanse me right now. Cleanse my heart, Lord. Cleanse my mind, Father, right now. Wash me clean in, this, in the name of Jesus, I pray, by the perfect blood. God, I just plead the blood right now over my mind, over my heart, over my eyes. I want to make a covenant with my eyes as Job did. Father, I will not look or help me not to do it, God. Help me not to feed into this lust of the flesh. God, I want to be an awesome uh, father and a husband, God. Uh, help me to do this, Father. Help me to deny access to lust. Help me today, God. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray victory would come to every man and every woman, every young person, every old person in this church. We shut the door right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org River of Life Assembly of God A church of His presence His promises and all people